Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Obviously, I had never had <clears throat> really any experience with the birth of a child until my first one came along. And I was in there. And the whole concept of a child, uh, an infant, is fragile. Take care of them. You don't want to hurt them. <clears throat> and there is nothing like that in a birthing room. Nothing like that. In fact, they jerked her around and beat on her and threw her over here and moved her over there. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? And you would say, oh, but they were being gentle. And I would think, no, I didn't think so. It didn't feel that way to me while I was looking at it. But in fact, that's exactly what they were doing. For a few minutes today, as we continue our yearly theme on living the abundant life, let us notice that in this beatitude, Jesus says, to live the abundant life, you must be meek. Now, the problem with the word meek is that we get a different view of the word than the way the Bible uses it. Oftentimes, at least I used to say, in thinking about the word meek, I would think about weak. It's sort of like meek is weak. You see pictures of Jesus, and he was less than manly. And we think of that as, oh, this is what meekness is. So when you think about Jesus, there's a song that at least we have sung in the past, and some may still. I haven't hear it, don't hear it much. But it's entitled, Jesus, Meek and Gentle. It's a really good song. The way that it is written and the way that it is sung is very calm. It's very easy. It's very nice. I particularly enjoy the tenor part. Just really sets off that song. And so Jesus is this nice, meek, easy, calm. The word meekness is different from that. It's more than that. It certainly includes that calmness. It certainly includes that niceness. But being meek is more than that. Tonight in our congregational Bible study, I want you to be prepared to tell me what this, pro this beatitude means. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What does he mean? We're going to talk about that tonight. But before we can do that, we need to understand properly what the word meek 
is, how is it defined? How can I understand it properly? Obviously, there's no better way than to let Jesus tell us how to do it. If you want to open your Bible to Matthew chapter 21. <clears throat> and in that text, we're going to let Jesus define the word meekness by what he did. And I will tell you, if you have an outline, you need to be prepared to write in point number four at the beginning. Because I thought of a... As I finished it up, I said, oh, wait a minute, I missed a very important point. And I'll get there and I'll have you write it in. But let us begin by noticing we can figure out what meekness is by watching what Jesus did. Here's the first thing that I want you to know that Jesus wants us to know about the word meekness. And here it is. Meekness does exactly what it should do. That's what it does. Now, the text that was read for us is a text telling us what Jesus did. But notice, he was doing exactly what he should do. Zechariah 9 and verse 9 is quoted in this text. Because the prophet had said... There is coming to you a king, lowly and riding on a donkey. And that's exactly what Jesus did. This last week of his physical life before his crucifixion, he came into the city of Jerusalem riding on a donkey. Jesus was, in fact, a king. But Jesus came in as a king to fulfill prophecy. You remember what would happen <clears throat> on the cross. One of the things that Jesus said, it is finished. Because on the cross, in that event, he accomplished what God had set out for him to do. And part of that was to come into Jerusalem and make his presence known. Jesus did exactly what he should do. He knew the prophecy. He understood what his mission was. And he fulfilled what the prophet said because he knew that he ought to do what God said. The thing that Jesus said as much as any other thing was to say, I've come to do the will of my Father. Now, if you are living an abundant life, if, if we are involved in the abundant life, then we must be meek. But you're not meek. We can't be meek if we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Now, some would <clears throat> identify meekness as just sort of sitting in the corner, hiding in the background. Not really doing anything, just taking it easy. That's not meekness at all. To be meek, a person has to do what ought to be done. And that's what Jesus did. Number two, we continue the story. Meekness accepts less than it deserves. This King Jesus prophesied 
in one passage at least, many of them in the Old Testament. Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6. There's coming a day when I will raise up to David the king, the one called the son of righteousness. Jesus is King Jesus. Now, there are still kings in this world in different cultures. And when you go to a king, when a king comes to you, you know there's something special because of the pomp and the circumstance. But Jesus came into Jerusalem not like you would expect a king to come in. If he's not going to ride a white horse, which is the symbol of victory, at least he would ride a very big black horse showing his power and superiority. Or maybe he would be carried on the shoulders of those who are his servants. And he's going to be surrounded by people that are paying homage to him, but not Jesus. He is meek, the text says. And in his meekness, he took less than he deserved. He didn't even own the colt on which he was riding. It belonged to somebody else. Somebody else gave him clothes to put on the colt to sit on them. The people, in honoring him, didn't give silver and gold. They put branches from palm trees on the ground for the donkey to walk on. And these people, they don't even know who he is. In fact, in the text, verse 12, they ask, Who is this? That's not how you would expect the king to come into his capital. But Jesus did. Because he was willing to take less than he deserved. If I want to live the abundant life, I need to be willing to take less than what I think I deserve. Because we are children of God, there are things that we're not going to take part in. We're not going to have a part of. There are things that we're going to have to face and overcome. We will have to take it, maybe less than we deserve. Of course, with God, the opposite is true. We're getting more than we deserve. But I'm not talking about my relationship to God. I'm talking about my relationship with the world giving us less than we deserve. And if I'm going to be meek, I need to be able to take it. Number three, meekness in the abundant life demands that everything be done right. It ought to be the way it needs to be. After riding into his capital city, he got off that donkey and he went to 
the Capitol building. He went to the temple, the place that housed the holiest of holies where God resided. When he got there, he noticed that the people were abusing God's house. He fashioned his own whip and he drove those people out. He overturned all the tables, scattering money everywhere. And I can imagine the animals that they were selling. Many of the cages opened up and animals were running around and birds were flying and people were yelling and screaming and Jesus is causing a commotion. And yet, he was meek. Because meekness says, here's what's right. This is how it ought to be. And I'm going to stand for what's right. You need to honor God's house. You've abused it, he said. You need to honor God's son and listen to him. These people didn't know who he was, didn't want to listen to him, didn't give him what he deserved, but he demanded that things be right. Here is the place that you can write number four, definition of meekness by what Jesus did. Meekness speaks with authority. When the people questioned what he did, when they were upset at what he displayed there in the temple, he spoke to them, he preached to them, and it was the people who were amazed. Earlier in his ministry, when it began at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, the text says that the people were amazed because he spoke as one who had authority, not like the scribes and the Pharisees. And Jesus had authority, and he spoke with that authority. If I'm going to be meek, am I going to live the abundant life of meekness? I, like Jesus, need to speak with authority. In verse number 23, they even ask the question, how does he speak this way with authority? Speaking forcefully, properly, is authority, but it's also meekness. When I understand what meekness is, it changes my understanding of who Jesus was. And when he can be this kind of person, displaying, putting on display what the definition of meekness is, then Jesus said, blessed are the meek. 
Blessed are those who do what ought to be done. Blessed are those who take less than they deserve. Blessed are those who demand that everything be right. Blessed are those who speak with authority. Those are the meek. And with God's help and God's word, that's who we should be. So now, let's examine ourselves. Am I meek? Are you a meek person? Well, if I am meek, then I'm going to be a decisive person. James says in chapter 1 and verse 21, Therefore laying aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness, receive with meekness the implanted word that is able to save your soul. A meek person can make a decision. A meek person can commit, can decide and to say, this is what I'm going to do. James said, you lay aside this and you take on this. If you're going to live the abundant life and include meekness, today we all have to make a decision. We have to be decisive people and say, this is where I'm going to stand in the Word of God. No matter where the culture stands, no matter what definition the culture gives, I'm going to stand here. And meekness is tough enough of mind to be able to make a decision. Number two, if I am meek, then I will be diligent. I'll just continue to do what meekness does. Galatians 6, verse 1, brethren, if any one of you is overtaken in a trespass, you restore such a one in the spirit of meekness considering yourself lest you also stumble. Diligence and meekness go together. The abundant life is willing to say, in my meekness, I'm going to reach out continually to those who are overtaken in a trespass. We will continually be aware of those who are in need, those who are stumbling, those who are falling. We will continually be aware. We'll not put our heads in the sand and try not to see it. We'll try to help. But number two, I have to also consider myself. Lest I get caught up in the same thing I'm helping them to overcome. It's diligence. It means I'm not stopping. 
It's always a part of my life. Number three, if I am meek, I will always be on the defensive. We hear what Jesus says, if someone slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him as well. And many have interpreted that to mean just sit down and let people beat on you whenever they want to. Well, there's more to it. That's not exactly what he's saying. Here's what I know. Sure, Jesus took a lot, but it was time. But think of the times that he didn't take it, and he fought back, and he was on the defensive. 1 Peter 3 and verse 15, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to those who ask you a reason for the hope that is in you, yet with meekness and fear. When you take a defensive stand, you be meek. Not weak, tough. Meekness is tough enough to stand when things are not going well. You don't give up. Finally, four, if I am meek, then I'm also disciplined. Second Peter 2 and verse 25, or 2 Timothy 2, verse 25, Paul said to Timothy, in humility, meekness, correcting those who are in error. Now, the Galatians passage said you restore someone caught up in trouble. That's a person that you're working with who's trying to come back. Second Timothy, the passage, seems to be about those who are decisive in their rebellion. You correct those. I think Jesus did some correcting when he drove those people out of the temple. We need to be a disciplined person, and that's meekness. Today, Jesus wants us to know that the abundant life includes being meek. And now, through the actions of Jesus, I can see what meekness is. Let us not equate with a homonym, meekness and weakness. They are not the same. In fact, meekness is very strong. It's the meekness of Jesus that allowed him to bear up under all of the stuff that he had to put up with, knowing that he could have beaten every one of them at any time. The person who is meek is in control and yet very tough. And it is those people, Jesus says, who will inherit the earth. And tonight we're going to figure out what that means. But for now, 
To be meek is to make a decision that needs to be made. To stand in the face of the culture or with someone who is opposing. To make a decision to serve Jesus is a meek decision. Because it recognizes that your own strength is not enough. You need Jesus. If you've never obeyed Jesus in baptism, if you've never put him on, you're not meek. You're actually weak because you're trusting in yourself. You're trusting that everything that God said about eternity is not real. There's no heaven. There's no hell. You just died, it's over. So what? But if you've not obeyed Jesus in baptism, one day on that day, you're going to find out, oops, I was wrong. Heaven and hell are real. And I never made the decision. Certainly without deciding, you've actually decided but I'm calling for an active decision to become a Christian or to decide to live the life of meekness. Our shepherds want to meet you. If you need them, we call for meekness. Let's stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.